0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hey, y'all. I cannot tell you how excited I am because I have figured out how to attach an outro to my podcast. It's going to sound so amazing. Today will be the first one. I am like upping the ante here on my podcasts. So today I wanted to talk about how I have been taking women through the steps with the Big Book and the 12 and 12. I have had... Um, one of my sponsees and a couple of women in recovery, one of my, my sponsors as well, asked me about my method because it came out of this COVID, not being able to meet with women, how I was going to jump into the steps immediately and what format I use. So I'm going to go through that today on the podcast, but you can also email me if you want a copy of this document. It also comes with a um, an attached document page of steps for each prayer, including the set-aside prayer. So during COVID, I have been able to sponsor three more women, Uh, two newcomers, one that has been uh, relapsing quite a bit. And so this was done out of almost like an emergency situation, but I think actually it's going to be how I'm going to do things going forward. Because the moment when someone comes to you and asks for your help in going through the steps, I have lost sponsees and lost the momentum of doing the steps because I would just get together with them once so we can go through the big book. And whether we're in COVID or not, I found that That is a sacred, precious moment where you have a moment in time where you can jump right into the steps versus doing it through the big book. And no, not a lot of people have that time to set aside for an hour or two every week to go through the big book in addition to meetings. And whether some people will think that that's not a person who's committed to recovery is none of my business. So what I have done is created a document, which I'm going to open now. I call it Steps in Conjunction with Book. <laughs> Very creative title. So, what I'm doing with new women in the program or women that are embarking on the steps is I go through this uh, format. And the first thing I have written is read Appendix 2, which is the Spiritual Experience, and it's on page 567 in the big book. And the reason that I have them read that first is because the spiritual experience is crucial to our recovery. Everything depends upon it. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to fear or worry about if you've had one. Listen, if you are an addict and you are still alive, you've had many. Or... If someone's worried that they won't have one, that's what the steps are for. And I guarantee as a human being, you have already had a ton and you will have a ton more. So we read the spiritual experience first, I send it to them first and that's where they start. Now, what I say to them after each step and associated readings is, highlight things that you relate to, write down any questions or things you wanna talk about within the reading if there's something that confuses you if you've had a major aha moment a moment where you're like holy shit that speaks to me that's what I tell them before I give them any of this work after this and so this is all part of the step one readings so read the spiritual experience I say to them, on the first title page under the AA title, it has a subtitle that says how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And I point out what the word recovered mean. It doesn't mean cured. When we are recovered, it doesn't mean we can go back to normal drinking. It means we're recovered, meaning we have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. We are free from the ravages of our addiction. And reinforcing, we are never cured. Recovered doesn't mean cured. Then, when it comes to the readings, for step one, I have them read all the prefaces, unless it's an absolute emergency situation in which they can avoid that. And re- I'm like, this is a reminder that I just want to catch women and get them right into the steps. I have them read the doctor's opinion, chapter one of the big book, which is also called Bill's Story and read step one in the 12 and 12. So those are the readings. Spiritual experience, doctor's opinion, chapter one of the big book. Now the work, and I only give a couple of simple instructions. The work is relate anything you relate to, underline anything you relate to in Bill's story. It could be a word. It could be an entire sentence. It's important to identify. So anything you relate to in Bill's story, underline. Then we discuss after they have read this, I ask them to make a list before we talk the next time. And of course, they're welcome to text or call me with any questions. But write down on a piece of paper, because step one is two components, man- um, powerlessness and unmanageability, write down all of the unmanageability that they're incurring in their life as a result of their powerlessness over their addiction and it can be something as simple as i'm afraid to open my emails i'm afraid to check my voicemails or as big as i can't keep doing this to my elderly parents so write down all of the unmanageability then after that's done they let me know we move to step two uh step two I have them read chapter 2 and 3 in the big book and read step 2 in the 12 and 12. I ask them what their higher power is and do they have one. And if they do not, that's okay. They can make AA the higher power. This will shift and change over time. Um, And the reason is because AA is the people who have recovered in AA have a power greater than the person who's struggling to stay sober does because these people are recovering and working their program and not being prey to most of them, not prey to their addiction anymore. They're working on their recovery, and that's a power greater than someone who's not. Then we discuss insanity, And you can do that whatever way you want to. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Because step two at the end is having your higher power restore you to sanity. So looking, if you have AA as your higher power, looking at these people who, for the most part, but explicitly in terms of their addiction, are not insane anymore. The more sane you get, the more insane you realize you were. So then that's step two. Step three is we read chapter four in the big book and step three in the 12 and 12. And I point out that step three says made a decision. Faith is not a feeling. It's a decision. Then we move to step four. Read chapter five in the big book and step four in the 12 and 12. This is when I send them my document of the inventory sheets, which I am also very pleased to, to send to you. Just email me the number two sober at gmail.com. For the inventory sheets, you have an inventory for fear, harms, resentments, and sex conduct. So I send them the sheets and I tell them, first, you're going to fill out the first column only. Then they're to check in with me for further instructions. So the first column is like, what is my fear? What is my resentment? And then they check in with me. And I tell them to fill in the second column only, which was like, what is the nature of those things? And then they check in with me and then they get to move on to the final step, which is the checklist columns, which you'll see on the inventory sheets is like, what part of self committed this crime? Selfishness, um, self-seeking, self-centeredness, those kinds of things. Um, And then we moved to step five. So step five is listening to someone's amend. I have them read chapter 6, pages 72 to the end of page 75 in the big book and step 5 in the 12 and 12. Then we pray. I listen to their fourth. And typically I'll say, just let that sit for the next 24 hours because it's a lot. You've just exposed all your skeletons in the closet. And what I'm doing as I listen to their fourth is I'm looking about patterns and quote-unquote character defects. So when you're listening to someone's fifth, We all know that the base of all of our character defects or how we act is based in fear. So fear is the base and it's like all of the character defects branch out from that. So fear being the base, the behavior could be rage. It could be insecurity. It could be jealousy. It could be envy. It could be um, retaliation. It could be low self-esteem. It could be doubt. All of those are based in fear, but the way we express our fear is our character defect. Step six, I have them read the first paragraph on page 76 in the big book and step six in the 12 and 12. Six is about being well willing and ready to move into action to let go of these character defects. Step seven is read the second paragraph on page 76 in the big book and step seven in the 12 and 12. Seven is about working with God for the results of trying to let go of your character defects and life may get harder at this stage, which is important to point out because when we're trying to do better in our lives, we have to be confronted with the situations that make us react in order to do something differently. Step eight, I have them read the third paragraph on page 76 and in the big book and step eight in the 12 and 12. This is when they're going to make their list, just make the list of the amends. And what they're going to do is go back to the harms, put those names on the amends list, and then have them look at the resentments they have and look at their part in the resentments or look at who they are through the eyes of the person they resent. So if you resent your sister or your husband or your parents, you look at yourself through their eyes, and that often helps somebody see their part in the reason that they resent these people. And you'll move those people to the amends. Step nine, I have them read the last paragraph on that page, on page 76. I have to add that to my document, 76. To the end of the second paragraph on page 84. That's where the AA promises are, which I'll read at the end of this actually. That's a good time. The promises tell us what will happen in our lives if we, once we're halfway through, not the steps, but this step, step nine. And if somebody is not feeling, and read step nine in the 12 and 12, if someone's not feeling the amend, all they have to do is pray for the willingness to make this amend. Just be willing and God's timing will tell you when to do it. It's just as important in this step. And by this time, someone's been connected with their higher power usually enough to know when there's the gentle nudging of God to have you do something. Step 10 is read the third paragraph on page 84 to the last paragraph on page 85 in the big book, and then read step 10 in the 12 and 12. Step 10 is the sister to step four. Step 10 is the inventory at the end of the night, which takes discipline and vigilance. And there's many ways to do a 10th. You can do a gratitude list. You can do mini inventory. You can have accountability reporting to your sponsor about your day, etc. Step 11, you read the last two lines on page 85 to chapter 7 in the big book and step 11 in the 12 and 12. This is the most fun step. So this is where you get to figure out the ways that you best connect to your higher power and then practice them. So retreats, spiritual readings, church, yoga, meditation groups, solo trips, music, painting, writing, dancing, singing, being in nature, whatever. Prayer and meditation are equally as important. So this is where you practice praying and meditating in your life as you see fit with your higher power as you understand it. This is also the sister step to step three. And then step 12, you read chapter 7 in the big book and step 12 in the 12 and 12. Explain why it's important to go into service. This person may now be ready to be a temporary sponsor. But if we don't engage in service, if we don't do our step 12, AA dies because AA rests on the altruistic movement of service to others. So this is where you give freely to others as you have been so freely given to where you cannot keep what you have unless you give it away. And to remember to practice the principles in all our affairs, not just in AA, but in work and family and other parts of life, too. And then you just read the rest of the book and say, you know, read this chapter, highlight You know, two wives, two employers, a vision for you. Read this chapter, highlight something that stands out to you. Um, let's talk about it afterwards. Did you have any aha moments? Do you have any questions? Do you want to discuss something? And that's how I Take women through the book. Now, when I'm having these meetings after each step, or I have to see their face. So we do this on Zoom, FaceTime, Skype, WhatsApp, Instagram video, whatever. I want to see their face as I'm talking to them, so I can get a good gauge on them and have a heightened level of connection. And then at the end of those, I have all of these step prayers. Just gonna fix my document here. So. As promised, let's read the AA Promises, shall we? I'm going to Google that right now. AA Promises, as outlined in our big book. What page? Good question. I think it's page 76. Nope. Pages 83 to 84. The Promises. This is read at every meeting up here in Toronto. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, meaning step nine, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know How to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? And then the whole crowd says, we think not. They are being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And this is where I always put my finger in the air. They will always materialize if... We work for them. And at some meetings, people will say, work, work, work. (laughs) So fun. What is usual, the line right before this in the big book says, as God's people, we stand on our feet. We do not crawl before anyone. I love that. That is such a dignifying statement. It means that we can take responsibility and we can have dignity, but we do not scrape before anyone. We don't beg. We don't lower ourselves. We do not become self-shaming for the benefit of somebody else it means that we are big girls and big boys and we deserve respect but we will also take accountability and responsibility for ourselves so i hope that has been helpful for you this is where i'm going to start putting in my music bed I hope that's been helpful for you. I have loved our time together. If you're interested in any of this, feel free to email me at twosoberchicks at gmail.com and I will speak with you soon.